Digital is the future, and we are that future. We are. Touch HD. Well, guys, hi, everybody. It's Carrie and a toast with Carrie, obviously, on Touch HD. Thanks for joining us this week. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to want my life back. I really, really want my life back. Um, it's the most amazing thing. When you're working flat out, you keep on thinking, bemoan your fate. You haven't had a sabbatical. You haven't had a gap year. You haven't, and then you get one, and you don't know what to do with it. And if you're anything like me, you have cleaned the ovens, you've washed the floors, you've done the garden, you've washed the cars, you've done the windows, you've read all the books that you never that you bought and never read before. You've literally reached the end of doing all your odd jobs at home and you want to see your mates. You want to have a party, you want to go to a restaurant. Anyway, enough of that. It's World Cocktail Day today. And so I thought what we would do for some fun is everybody always says that accountants are boring. Well, we've got one that's not. He's not actually only our accountant. He is our commercial director at Norman Goodfellows. He arrived sort of fresh and young and shiny and full of algorithms and arithmetic and clever maths. And I looked as quickly as I could for a nose and a palate because that's what I do. And there was an admirable nose and a palate behind the person that is Jason McAvoy for those of our customers and listeners who know him. And so I said to Jason yesterday, come up with a Norman Goodfellows COVID cocktail because today is International Cocktail Day. So on the line with me today, I have Jason McAvoy. Jason, hi. How are you, Carrie? I'm good. Have you been doing that balancing act that you do so well of trying to keep well, a business running with no income? <laughs> Quite tricky, I must say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said I came in young and shiny, but I, I think it, I might be a little bit shinier now on the top of my head than, uh, than when I came in. That's stress. <laughs> that, that was after Sonny gave you a six-week crash MBA. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so where are we at? Are we sort of, before we get all happy and excited, let's just try and bring everybody up to date on where we think we're going to be. Um with the booze industry, and it's all conjecture, guys. Please note, we have absolutely no inside track. We don't know anything. But, Jace, what's your projection going forward for us in the liquor industry? Well, had you asked me yesterday, I would have said that last night that our president would have said that Level 3 would be effective from next week, Wednesday, which means that the liquor trade would be able to trade uh, retail uh, um Look at the liquor trade would be able to trade. It'd be legal to sell alcohol. I think there'd be restricted hours and, and restricted days. Yeah. Um, the initial indication was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it's 9 till 12 or something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm quite confident they'll review that because having such limited hours on something that's going to be in such demand would go against uh, um, social distancing because there'd be crowds yes. and, and madness. Yeah, it would be um, complete chaos. But now that we heard our president talk last night, and I think I saw a tweet uh, saying we are now level 3.9. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, the, 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 the consensus seems to be that the, the expectation is for level 3 to come in on the 1st of June. However, the hotspots might be at risk, and that would be Gauteng, KwaZulu, Natal. I was going to say, aren't we, aren't we a hotspot? I mean, everywhere is a, every major city must be a hotspot. It seems as though the hotspots are focused around Norman Goodfellow's presence at this point in time. 
I don't want to get too much of a complex, but I'm sort of feeling like that's what the case is. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've spoken to, I was speaking to someone yesterday um, and it's a large restaurant chain uh, across the country. And he said that if Cape Town remains on level four and Gauteng goes to level three, he's going to relocate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's, well, we hear all kinds of, of rumors. And, you know, I think one of the biggest problems at the moment in South Africa is that the, because of the lack of clarity, there's a lot of space for conjecture and conspiracy theory and what have you. But as we sit right here and right now, um, you can't buy alcohol from us at all. And we're sitting by and watching. I don't know if you've had, I've had a couple of mails and things from people saying, how much should I be paying for a bottle of Jamison's? <laughs> now I send a thing back saying it's 309 rand. I get a thing back with a big, fat, huge red face saying, oh, I've just paid 1,400 rand for a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that and cigarettes alike. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. It is bizarre. And of course, that's the, that's the downside of prohibition is that it does really make way for a massive black market, doesn't it? Yeah, black market that doesn't seem to uh, benefit the players in the market. No. <laughs> Not, Not at all biting ones I anyway. want to know where they're getting the booze from because I would, I mean, we we absolutely cannot. We're terrified. I mean, our no, license I mean, will be revoked if we do anything. I think, I, think, I mean, I'm, I'm, so, so firstly, I don't know where they're getting the booze from, but, yeah. uh, but I have had some confirmation of restaurants that know they won't be able to trade again um, and uh, because of being shut down for so long they're going yes. to go under. Oh, so they've, maybe they're uh, selling. They've sold what they had for, just to try and pay some bills. Yeah. Um, and because the risk of selling is that you get your liquor license revoked, uh, which which obviously destroys yes. your business. Yes, But if you're closing your business anyway, it you can no get rid of that. Yes, yeah. Gosh, yeah, it's all a little bit. And homeschooling, just to keep all our guys up to date, we are human. Behind that face of Norman Goodfellow is these real people that have got children and motor cars and houses and bills to pay and what have you. So spare us a thought. But in the meantime, Jason, are you, have you turned into a school teacher? So I've taken on the 10-year-old. Um, my wife's taken on the 8-year-old. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I've become uh, much more proficient at Microsoft Teams, uh, as has my daughter. Okay, good. <laughs> and uh, the, the, there's a bit of a challenge for enough uh, bandwidth, internet bandwidth at home between the, the business Zoom calls and the uh, kids on Teams. And yes. uh, my younger daughter's on uh, an app called Seesaw, I think it is. And uh, it's all quite chaotic. Um, yes, and we've I'm installed sure. some extra network points at home so that we can plug them in and have less technical challenges. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Well, you know, if there's any, there, you always have to look at the upsides and everything. And I have a little tenant who stays in a cottage on my property who works for um, MTN Stroke Supersonic. And they have been deemed an essential service, obviously, since the beginning of lockdown. And. Um, if anybody's got any spare cash, which none of us really do at the moment, but if and as and when you do have, buy MTN and Vodacom shares. The, those companies are unbelievably busy. You cannot believe what is going on in the fiber to home and the network and the service providing businesses as far as telecommunications is concerned. It's hectic. I mean, the, 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 the connectivity is what empowers people to work remotely, which is very yeah. significant in the climate we find ourselves in. Yeah. And do you think it's ever going to be the same again? Do you think that we're going to go back to the world as we knew it with a nice old grocer and a liquor store and a butcher and a baker? 
So I'm uh, I'm always I'm often accused of being a signable to rose tinted glasses. Um, yes. <laughs> so so I do see the glass half full, and I do think that uh, things will largely return to to normality. Yes. That being said, um, I think people. Uh, I think different age groups might behave differently. So I think that the the younger generation are probably less scared of this virus. I think that the 60 plus are rightfully more worried about this virus. Mm. Um, so uh, what someone said to me when we locked down this, so you're going to take your kids and go to a restaurant. And my answer was, damn right. Absolutely, yes. Like, <laughs> Um, but his reaction was uh, that uh, he thinks I'm bad because it's too dangerous. So, yes. so, so if you look at the, the death toll in, in this country, it's been very, very low, yeah. and uh, it seems to uh, they, they, they seem to think it maybe because of our, our TB vaccination. I mean, I'm an accountant, not I don't know anything yeah. medical, but uh, but what can be said is that the, the, the death rate is very low, um, and that the only thing that's really dying is the economy. Um, so I think what will what will come out of this will be less businesses. Uh, what will come out of this will be higher unemployment. Um, but there is the South African spirit of entrepreneurship and the South African spirit of survival. Yes. And um, I've had people ring my doorbell singing hand singing sorry selling hand sanitizer door to door. People people who own event businesses have overnight opened. Uh, Businesses that um, uh, they have these tunnels where they sanitize people on the way into a shop or a oh, restaurant. Okay. Um, so the, the 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 entrepreneurship and ingenuity of South Africa is quite amazing. Yes, it and, is. And I think that uh, we will, as we always seem to somehow manage, bounce back with a smile, fighting, surviving, and mm. getting on with it. I agree with you. And I think that it's up to the, the likes of us who are incredibly fortunate to have um pretty established businesses in south africa and not through anything other than a huge amount of um, perspicacity and hard work on the part of the Kramer family um and all of us really to make sure that it's established but to try and make sure that not only does it remain established but it grows going forward and all of us i mean i i cannot bear the thought of driving around johannesburg streets and seeing at every single street corner an additional 20 people with big, sad, pleading, desperate, begging eyes. We need to find a way to change that. And as you say, we need to focus on that amazing South African entrepreneurial spirit and that amazing gregarious attack that we that we sort of launch on life every time it gets us down. So talking in that vein, we're going to attack a cocktail. So have you got anything left in your own booze cabinet, Jason? Because I sort of haven't. It is looking quite sparse, Kay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my kid is home and, from Europe, and he's sort of drinking the the last few drams of drambui that came out of my mother's booze cabinet, and she died six years ago. So we're yeah, all sort of clearing out what was really the dregs of the of the barrel, you know. So, so when we went into this thing, I, I took a fairly conservative view, and my advice to anyone who would listen was to make sure you had sixty days worth of stock. And, uh, Why didn't and you tell that, me that? And I, I knew this from my wife and my sanity that uh, <laughs> that it would go a long way if we were able to still enjoy a bottle of wine at night. Yeah. So what's happened in my household is I am starting to run out because we are approaching the 60-day mark. Yeah. And we seem to just be drinking the, the higher shelf stuff. So now we're getting to the stuff that I thought I was only going to drink in two years' time. <laughs> <laughs> or the stuff that you inherited from grandma and it's like 40,000 rand a bottle. 
I did. I did. Uh, I did. Uh, a friend in Spain sent me a picture, and he was drinking. Uh, I think it was a Campari and gin. Um, and uh, I dug out my cupboard, and I found Campari that I think must have been from the first year I joined Norman Fellows. So I don't know if it goes also. It, it doesn't. Bit, Listen, it was a bit different. And uh, and uh, so the twelve-year-old Campari with uh, with some fresher gin. Um, uh, when I, when, uh, I hadn't tried it before, so when I first tasted it, I thought the Campari must be off, but then I realized I had my ratios wrong. <laughs> so I added more gin, and it was actually quite delightful. <laughs> I promise you, there's very little spirits that's going to go off, as long as the lid has been tight enough, and it's in a darkish place, which most of them are. I mean, they get they tend to get stuck in a cupboard, much like a spice rack, you know, and then you just stand there and wait for your owner to open you 30 years later. So you can drink pretty much anything that's hanging around in your cellar, as long as it hasn't got stuff floating around in it. So, sorry, after you. No, your COVID cocktail, and just bear in mind, everybody, that Jason just got one brief. It's a, it's an acronym, and it has to be C O V I D, and you've got to come up with something for all our customers and all our listeners to make for today, if you've got the ingredient. So given that my spelling isn't very good, I'm glad you clarified how we spell it. And <laughs> in, the, in the spirit of our recent fine cocktail, I thought we would start with Campari for the sea. Um, orange, uh, orange, and syrup, or any orange syrup for the air. Okay. Um, vodka for the kick. Wow. And ice for the eye. And then the D, I decided we had to make it a double. <laughs> As you would. <laughs> so what so are we going to do? How Campari, are we going to make it? Orange, Campari, uh, one part Campari, uh, one part orange syrup, two parts vodka. Uh, I would do either crushed ice or yeah. whole blocks of ice. Okay. And uh, and, uh, and a bit of a shake. And, you could, and a, a bit of a shake, and you can have it on the rocks, or you could have it with soda water or uh, Sprite or yeah, maybe add a little bit of a sp- sparkling something to it. Hey? I think it. Depends how the week's been. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's if it's a bad week, it's half a bottle of Campari, half a bottle of gin. Yeah, it sounds great though. Watch, and we're calling it Norn Goodfellow's COVID cocktail. So it's Campari, it's an orange syrup of some description, it's vodka, any vodka that you've got left in the cupboard, um, it's crushed ice or blocks, and make it a double. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Jace, anything, anything that we can tell everybody quickly while I've got you on the line? Um, let's just pretend that in, we're in an ideal world and tomorrow NDZ and Ibrahim Patel tell us that we can open our shop next week. How are people, shoppers and existing customers going to address? Because we didn't have time to replenish our supplies after the mad shopping, after lockdown was announced did we um, no we we, 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 were, we were largely clean up yeah um, so, so, so a couple of things there Carrie the first thing is that the um, our website is never been busier um, and the website is uh, based on livestock so everything on our website we actually have in stock and people are slowly or not so slowly ordering what we have so that they're securing their stock and uh, and we are going to ensure that all those web orders are dispatched on day one of, uh, of legally right, being Right, and they get day. preference because they're all standing in line. They'll get preference because they're standing in line. Um, but we're not limiting it to online. Not everyone is uh, a fan of shopping online. Yeah. And um, and anyone can email service at NGF 
Um, and if they're email services in GF, they can uh, deal with one of our salespeople who are working remotely and who have access to our system where they can see what stocks are available. Yeah. And we would, uh, and we are then um, uh, forwarding invoices for payment so that they can secure their stock and that that can be either, either be delivered on the first day that we can legally <laughs> yes. We start delivering, yeah. or they can arrange for a call and collect um, from one of the one of the one of the stores. Yes. Um, the Lovo store would do call and collect, and the Trianka Bay store in Cape Town would do call and collect, and the Granada store will and try to call and collect. Mm. Yeah, longer, yes. Mm. Okay. So, just on that note, I think it might be quite important. I've been speaking to quite a lot of our customers during this lockdown time, just staying in touch and keeping everybody sort of going. And I think that credit is pretty much something of the past for the foreseeable future, isn't it? I don't think there's a black and white answer to that. I do think that there is going to be re- re- reduced credit um, and it's not given so easily or freely um, in, in, uh, in our in circumstances. In all sectors, we- yeah. In all, in all sectors, and, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the having to to run a, a debtors team um, in a business that is closed doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, um, I think uh, a lot a lot will be moving away from credit. Yes, yes, but for our existing customers, obviously, nobody's ever going to be turned away if you've been a particularly and consistently good customer. You do have credit with Norman Goodfellows. Of course, that's what that'll continue. We make value judgments on that basis. So anybody who's thinking about stocking, and there are a lot of you because my phone was a buzz this morning. I think there's an underlying thing that's saying we think we might be able to buy booze next week. And I feel that too. Might be wrong, but I feel like maybe. And I've had a million things come through my phone this morning saying, Carrie, please, can you put this together? Um, for delivery or call and collect. So we're not really sure whether we're going to have to have a queue outside the shop, how many people we're allowed in the shop at any given time. We're encouraging call and collect, hey? Yes, and and, and then also there has been significant lobbying within the industry for uh, both liquor and tobacco to be allowed on level four, never mind level three. Um, and we don't know if that's going to be effective or not. But mm. um, if you were to have liquor on a online delivery only or something like that, it would al- it would align with the principles of social distancing while alleviating the pressure I think that people feel. Yeah. Well, guys, that's sort of our view on the world of liquor from Jason and I. You've heard what we've got in the pipeline, how we're dealing with it, how we have dealt with it. If you've got any ideas that you think are innovative, or that might help any of us in the liquor trade, always open to suggestions. You know how to get hold of me. We are Touch HD. We also at Norman Goodfellows. Stick your head in and come and say what you think. Um, but in the meantime, stay safe, stay happy, and pour yourself one of Jason's COVID cocktails. And if you have not got it right, I'll ask Lindor to just pop it onto the end of the podcast for us so that we all know and that we can all have a drink and raise a glass to hopefully a brighter future next week when we can all have a drink and a smoke. Jason, thanks for joining <laughs> us on THHD. And uh, he has to much more happier, a much happier times than what we're in at the moment. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. Digital is the future, and we are that future. We are. Touch HD.